Praise the Lord, Life Church. It's so good to be with all of you today. Uh, I just want to say a big thank you uh, to all of you and your prayers, your love for God, your dedication, and the work that is taking place to continue to live for God. And so it is so good to be with all of you today. Multiple congregations are a part of this service today. Um, I would like to, first of all, just give my appreciation to Elder Flowers and his wife and their family and uh, for the work that they're doing here in the Union Gap congregation. We're excited for them and just praying God would just continue a great revival of harvest for them. I'd also like to give a honor to my pastor, Elder uh, Hart, and his family, and they're traveling this weekend uh, to uh, a great ministry that's going to take place there. Uh, I want to give honor also to Bishop Schoonover, uh, my bishop, and uh, pray God continue to work and bless him as he leads and guides us through these interesting times. Um, I'd like to just take a moment right now and pray for Elder Hart as he's headed to Bellingham uh, and his wife and family, and they're going to meet a brand new couple that they've never met before and baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's an entire family connected to all of this. And, and it, this is just one of the greatest times to live for God that we're in right now. And God is moving from state to state and jumping over here and over there, but he's linking people up that are hungry for God and hungry for truth. So let's just pray right now that God would use, brother and sister heart, mightily and powerfully that a church could be birthed, souls could come to know Jesus. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I pray God bless my elder today and his wife and the family traveling with them to Bellingham today, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that the Spirit of God will be working mightily and powerfully, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, knowing you've already sent your word ahead, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You have already prepared hearts and lives to receive, Lord God. And so I pray today that the will of God will be accomplished, Lord, in its fullness of what you want done today for the glory of God. And Lord, we thank you for this today. We thank you for this opportunity in which you have given us, Lord, in these last days, Lord God. And I just pray, God, great things will happen in every congregation today, God, throughout Life Church Ministries, Lord. And we thank you for all that you're working and doing. And even here today, Lord God, in Union Gap, and those that are be watching today, Lord God, that you will minister, Lord, in the realm of the supernatural, Lord God. I pray that miracles and signs and wonders will happen today in the name of Jesus. I pray that, Lord God, lives will be changed, Lord God by the power of God, by the anointing of God. And Lord, we take authority right now in the name of Jesus over every spirit that would try to hinder the move of God in homes today and in families today and those that would be wanting to tune in today, God, that Lord, every door would open, they would be able to log in and would be able to be a part of this today, God, because you're moving throughout this land, Lord God. You're dealing with hearts and lives, Lord God. And we're here to yield to that today, God. We're here to yield to your will, yield to your plan, yield to your purpose today, God. We ask your help today, Lord God. Your leading and your guiding, Lord, help us simply to be a conduit today, God, for the glory of God to flow through, to minister to hearts and minister to lives, God. 
and will not cease to give you the praise, the glory, the worship, and the honor for everything you'll do today and everything that will be accomplished, Lord God. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor today. And we pray, God, that you will minister through your word today, Lord God. That, Lord, hearts and lives, God, will be changed by the power of your word today, God. And we give you praise, we give you honor, and give you glory today, God. Because there's none like unto you, no, not any, Lord God. There's none that can heal and save or deliver like unto thee, God. You are almighty God. Almighty God. Hallelujah. And we thank you for it today. If you would turn with me in your Bibles, I'd like to go to Psalm 66 to begin today. I'd like to read verses 1 through 10 as we look to the word of the Lord uh, in, the, in the most interesting time in my life that I have lived in. I don't pay too much attention to the coronavirus. I'm paying far more attention to the hand of God during this time. And God, what are you doing and where are you working and where will you connect me and, and the lives of people that, God, you can put in my path during this time? I honestly believe this is truly the hand of God. And God is going to do great things. And, and I'm excited that when we come out of this, it won't be business as usual. But God doing something awesome and wonderful in our lives. If you would just let me share, it's in our perspective, I believe, when we look to the things of God. And, and, and again, if you're laid off during this time, it's a devastating time. Uh, if, if you've got the coronavirus and you've come through it or you've lost loved ones in this time, uh, we, we, we send our sympathies. We, we're sorry. Uh, but yet this is a time that our perspective has to be important. There's a story that was told years ago of, a, of shoe salesmen and uh, two different companies wanted to go to the nation of Africa and get in the ground level of selling shoes. And so one company sent the, their man over there. He got on the airplane and he had shoes with him and he got the, into Africa and got into the airport and then went on into the city. As he got into the city, he began to look around, and, and, and nobody was wearing shoes. And so he gets on the phone, and he calls back to headquarters, and he said, Boss, uh, this ain't going to work because nobody wears shoes here. And so he got back on the plane, and he flew back to America. Another company had sent a representative to Africa. When he got down and in, in, flew into Africa, got off the plane, went into the city, he looked around and he said, wow! He said, nobody's wearing shoes. And he called the boss. He said, send me cases of shoes because the opportunity to sell shoes here is amazing. I wonder if during the coronavirus, the opportunity to win soul and see the hand of God move, miracle signs and wonder, what an opportunity because that's where we're at. And so when we begin to back up and look at some of this, we begin to realize God is positioning the church to see the greatest revival our generation has ever seen. And the harvest is truly ready, but the laborers are few. So we begin to realize, God, help me get into this harvest. Uh, Lord, I'm in this time for a reason. God, you, you were born at this time, at this juncture in your life. 
I believe, to be a, a tool in a vessel in the greatest revival that America has ever seen. So it's the perspective that we look at. Let's begin reading in verse number one. Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Notice what David is sharing with us here. It's my attitude in serving God. It is my worship and my love for God that, that, that no matter what the day is, the time is, what's coming at me, laid off or not laid off, in d- difficult times or not difficult times, say unto God, how terrible are thy works. That word terrible there means to be feared or reverenced. God's not talking about terrible as we would look at it in the Webster's Dictionary of terrible. But, but he's talking about that God would be honored and reverenced and, and, and feared during this time. I, I don't want to lose my fear of the Lord. Because huh? the fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom. And, and I, I want that fear of God in my life. That reverence to be there. He's awesome. He's holy. He's wonderful. And, and, and yet he has called you and I in this day, in this hour, to serve him. So I I want to have that place in my life. He said, uh, through generations thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. Isn't it awesome that the enemy has to submit himself unto God? Because when we pray in the name of Jesus, when we take spiritual authority, we can bind all the enemy that wars against us and see the hand of God prevail in this day and in this hour. Amen. I I believe the greatest harvest is is, is yet to come. We're in the middle of it. We're not waiting for it to get here. We are in the harvest right now. And souls are coming in. And lives are being changed because of what's taking place around us. He goes on to say, and submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. And they shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land, and they went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. The power of God. He's showing us how that that he dried up the Red Sea. He's bringing to remembrance great things God's already done. But he's not done doing great things in the land yet. Uh, I want to encourage somebody that's praying for your family. Or you got family with you there today in your front room. Uh, God can do anything. He can save anybody. I just have to believe it by faith. and, And understand this is thus saith the Lord. This word isn't about right. It's exactly right. He knows what he's doing. He goes on to say, And they went through on dry, through uh, dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellion exalt themselves. We know that God sees everything today, huh? Every nation, every country, He sees it all. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the whole earth. God sees everything today. He sees you in your home. He sees your hunger for God. He sees your desire for the things of God. You may be in your home today, and you may be thinking, where's God at in my life? I'm here. He's here for you today. And if you would open yourself up today and let His Spirit begin to to work it would be amazing how your life could change if we would surrender to God 
He ruleth by his power forever. Verse 8. Oh, bless our God, ye people. Make the voice of his praise be heard, which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us and tried us as silver is tried. I want you to think with me for a moment. I want to really draw your attention back to verse number 10 here because of the day that we're living in. For thou, O God, hast proved us and thou hast tried us as silver. I believe that God is trying to, to get our attention. And, and during this time that we're in is a proving ground. And God is trying to see what am I made of. Do I love him or, or what will happen? Let me share with you just a little bit of what I feel in the Holy Ghost in this message today. It is dealing with, we, we haven't been in church for six to seven, eight weeks right now. And, and so you have got an amazing freedom in your life. Uh, you could be tuning us in or you could be tuning us out. Uh, you could be uh, doing whatever you want, living however you want, going wherever you want, talking how you want to talk, and, and doing the things you want to do. Could this be a time that God is checking my heart out? Is this a time that when the house of God is closed up, do I still love God? Am I still online? Am I still praying? Am I still seeking God? So again it becomes a time, is he going to be able to prove us he's trying us? When nobody's watching, am I still praying? It's a little easier to come to the house of God and pray, isn't it? A little easier to know, okay, we got Sunday and we got Wednesday. We got some Bible studies going during the week in homes and, and, and we'll be there. But, but I believe this is going to be a time of proving. That, that word where he talks about to prove us means to try and experiment and to test. It's one thing to live for God when people are watching and it's a whole other world when you know ain't nobody watching. So in this time, could it be that God is allowing some of this to happen to test his church, to prove his church? Do you love me or not? In this time, will you trust me? In this time, will you continue to pray when, when nobody's watching? Will you continue to get into the word of God when nobody's watching? Will you be faithful to the things of God? Will you continue to witness? Will you do outreach? Will, will you do home Bible studies? Will you be involved in the kingdom work where God has called you to work? See, because nobody's there to make me do it. This is a voluntary, because I love him, because I want to please him. That's why I'm in the house of God. That's why I'm still teaching Bible study. That's why I'm still witnessing wherever I get the opportunity to witness. Why? Because I know that God is going to do great things through all that we're watching and all that we're taking place. When the dust begins to settle, it won't be business as usual, but it will be God doing some amazing things, taking us another direction. It's easy to get in a rut, isn't it? Okay, come on, get up. We've got to go to church today. Oh, man, it's midweek. Come on, get in the car. Let's go. I wonder if God's stirring this land. 
not just America, but an entire world is being shaken by this. And could God just simply be saying, what are you made of? And it went on to say, and has tried us. That word tries means approved us. Acceptable. There, there, there's this time that I'm going through that, that, that God is, is testing me. How much do you love me? How much do you care for the things of God? Will I continue to witness, teach Bible studies, do outreach uh, during this time? What, what if we could never go back to a building again? Would, would we still love God? Would we still do Bible study? Would we still do outreach? Just because the dynamics have changed, would our love for God diminish there? Or would we realize, God, what an opportunity that has come to me to teach Bible study and to minister to family and people are hungry and doors are open and I simply want to step through that door. So these become the times of, of testing that God is wanting to help us and, 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 and to see what's in my heart. And, and so again, th- nobody's watching, nobody is seen, but, but, but I want to, to say, God, let me be, be in place where you're calling me to be. Um, I find it interesting that that God is always wanting more. For me, I'm, I guess, semi-retired. But I find God asking more of me now than He did six months ago. Through prayer, through fasting, through witnessing, through Bible study. Because there's a harvest that's yet to be brought in, this end-time harvest. And so it's not that God calls us to less, but that God is calling us to more. And so I believe that it becomes important. Could we turn in our Bibles to Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12? I want to look at some verses today that would help us uh, maybe in navigating through some of this time that that we are living in and what is God doing in my life? How, how is he helping me uh, and, and what is he wanting? Somewhere I, I want to be able to stand on my own two feet. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, not only when you're in the house of God, not only when I am in visible sight of people, but he's asking about what are you doing when nobody's watching? Uh, I, I, have you still decided uh, i got to keep my relationship with God alive? Am I still praying like I need to pray? Am I in the Word of God like I need to be in the Word of God? Am I still giving myself daily or weekly to prayer and fasting? Am I pushing the plate away and saying, God, I want you more than I want anything else. Uh, I want the move of God in my life. I want direction for my life in this end time revival who am I going to teach who do I witness to God who are you going to put in my path am I, am I still hungry is that still happening in our lives or is this just a great time for vacation see because nobody's watching but God right now Nobody's seen what's going on but God right now. He knows whether I'm praying or I'm not praying. He knows whether I'm in the Word or not in the Word. He knows that when He's moved on my heart, am I witnessing to that person? Am I sharing? Am I, am I teaching that Bible study? What am I doing? Not as in my presence only, but much more 
in my absence work out your own salvation with all fear and trembling what am I doing in his absence do I still love him like I loved him before or, or am I allowing this time to slip away I believe we're living in the greatest time in the history of the world especially in my generation these are the greatest times to live in there, people are hungry for God people want the things of God not everybody likes the chaos and the crazy and people are looking for answers that's why we've got to be willing when God moves on us to witness share and when God would open that door we need to be teaching home Bible studies and getting into homes and ministering to people and giving them hope and giving them answers and letting them realize you can be born again you can get a fresh start you can get all your sins washed away and you can come up out of that water with a brand new conscience and God will fill you with a baptism of the Holy Ghost and you don't have to live how you used to live but God's got a new life you can be a new creature in Christ Jesus we have a message of hope but we can't keep it to ourselves in this day what an opportunity God has given to witness to share and, and to reach people with the gospel so we begin to realize in his absence, what am I doing? Do I still love him? Where am I at in my prayer life? Where am I at in my reading the word of God? Oh, I, I know it'd be easy to let all this slip away. But I don't want it to slip away. I want God to do something powerful in my life. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22 and uh, in verse 54. I, I want to give you an example here of, of what can happen if I don't keep where I need to be in, in this place of prayer, in this place of the Word of God, in this place and involved in ministry. I honestly believe that God saved every one of us to serve. I'm saved to serve. Where am I serving God? Am I a Sunday school teacher? Am I, am I teaching home Bible studies? Am I ministering to family? And so we begin to realize that, that God is trying to do something in our lives. Okay. And they took him and led him and brought him into uh, the high priest's house. And Peter followed from afar. And Peter followed from afar. One of the things that, that is dangerous in this day and hour that I'm living in, that I let distance become between me and God. When I don't stay in the place that God's called me to be in prayer and in a personal relationship, and there comes distance between the Lord and I, my behavior will change. My actions will change. My language will change. Why? Because I need to stay close to God, personal with God, and up close to God. And so notice what happens here uh, with, with Peter when we look in the, in the book of Luke uh, we find out with a little bit of distance between them. We find out he's asked, art thou one of them? And what's he say? No, I don't know him. So we, we have to realize that when a little distance gets in between us, problems come. The first thing that I see, he's warming himself by the wrong fire. You've got to be careful who you hang around. You've got to be careful of the influence of that campfire, of that home. What is the conversation like in that home? What is the conversation like? Uh, uh, is it godly? Is it healthy? Is it worldly? Is it immoral? 
So we begin to realize that he's around this campfire and and, and he's following from afar. And he's there, but he's not close like he needs to be. And so some things start coming in. When he is questioned, do you know him? Are you one of them? What's he say? No, no, I don't know him. Because anytime there's distance, carnality comes in. Things of the world seem to have a better appeal. The things of God seem to go a little bit dimmer in my life. And so I got to realize I've got to stay up close and personal. He's sitting at a campfire where nobody believes what he believes. They don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They don't believe you need to live a godly life and an overcoming life. Let me ask you, what, what, who's sitting at your campfire today? What, what have you surrounded yourself in? Is it people that love God, people that love the things of God? Are we finding ourselves distanced from the presence of God and we're following from afar? Is the conversation of the people that I'm hanging around, uh, is it taking me away from the things of God or is it drawing me closer to the presence of God? See, I've got to be careful because I'm in a time that my pastor is not there watching over me every day or every week because we're not able to be in the house of God. So you and I got to learn to stand on our own two feet somewhere. Where is my conviction at? Where is my love for God at? Where am I going to draw a line in the sand? That says, I won't be involved in that conversation. I don't want to go to that place because of my love for God. Not because uh, of the church per se, but my personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he brings conviction into my life and he lets me know I don't want you over there I don't want you hanging around that and Peter was hanging around the wrong campfire come on it did not bring out the best in Peter if it brought the best out in him he said yep I'm one of them you a holy roller yep I'm one of them you a Jesus freak? Yep, I'm one of them. But when he was asked those questions, no, I don't know him. If you want to know if the people you're hanging around in the campfire you're around is healthy for you, when they bring up God, what do you do? Do you go quiet? Do you not respond? If they make fun of the things of God, do you join in? See, it lets me know I'm around the wrong campfire. That, that, that there are people that I'm hanging around. They're not bringing the best out in me. They're bringing the worst out in me. And what we see here with Peter's story is that, that they're bringing out the worst that is there. He's at the wrong campfire. Not Things aren't going well for him at this time. And so we know that three times he, he is asked this question. The second time he said, I am not the man. I don't know. No, I wasn't with him. Anytime I'm around people that would cause me to deny the Lord, I better really stop and look at that and say, these people are not bringing the best out in me. They're bringing the worst out in me. Because we're living in a day and hour that I believe the Lord has allowed these things to happen that you and I could stand on our own two feet. I thank God for my, my pastor, Brother Hart. 
I love him, uh, uh, and I pray for him every day. I pray for my bishop, Bishop Schoonover, every day. But you and I, some, we're going to have to learn to walk on our own two feet, have a relationship with God, that whatever's going on in our life, we begin to seek God in prayer and say, God, give me guidance, give me direction, help me to walk on my own two feet here. Thank God for my bishop. Thank God for my elder that's in my life. But they cannot hold my hand every day and every hour of my walk with God. Somewhere God helped me take on some responsibility as a godly Christian and understand that God is trying to take me someplace in this walk with God that He could use me. God did not save us to take up time and space. God did not save us just to pay tithes. But God saved us to be involved in ministry. To be a part of an outreach. To teach a Bible study. Teach Sunday school. Somewhere we need involved in the kingdom work. You show me people who don't get involved. I'll show you people in a year or two. They won't be around anymore. Because there's something about being brought into the kingdom. That I want to be involved in it. And I want God to work in my life. And so we see that we, we, we find this. This conversation that he's having around this campfire, it's not going too good. When confronted about, aren't you one of them? I don't know him. If you're ever in a place and around a crowd of people that you say, I don't know him. No, I don't go to church. No, I'm not one of them. You're around the wrong campfire. There's a wrong influence that's in your life. Again, we're talking about learning to stand on our own two feet during this time that that God is bringing us in. Let's turn now into John 21. And we're going to pick up a different campfire. Peter's denied the Lord three times. And and yet, uh, I thank God he's not done with us yet. Thank God for grace. I thank God for mercy. I thank God that he's still working in my life. I'm glad that he's not done with me yet. So in John 21, we see that Peter's out in a boat and he's fishing. You do realize that you're going to go back to what you used to do. You and I only know our old life that God found us in. Peter was a fisherman and he went back to fishing. If you come out of drugs, be careful. You get too far away, you're going to go back into it. You come out of alcoholism, you're going to go back into it. Pornography, you're going to go back into it. You've got to realize God saved us, separated us from sin, that we would be dedicated and consecrated into him, unto him. That's why you've got to be careful. If I'm hanging around a campfire of people that are not bringing the best out in me, the godliness out in me, the righteousness out in me, the, 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 the place of witnessing and testifying and teaching Bible study, then I better consider maybe this isn't a good crowd for me to hang around maybe this is the wrong crowd and I need to get around a crowd that I can find strength that I can find help in I can find the right kind of fellowship when you get around the right campfire it's a healthy campfire there's good fellowship everybody's talking about Jesus everybody's loving God everybody wants to be involved in the kingdom of God in the wrong campfire I'm the only one that may be interested in it but I gotta get around that right campfire I want a campfire that brings a best out in me. Come on, we're filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I want around that campfire that's bringing purification into my life and allowing me to walk with God and to do something for God that'll count in the last days. I heard it said years ago, only what you do for God will count when all the dust settles. You can do a lot of great things for humanity and I'm not against that. 
but, but only what you do for God's going to count in eternity on the day of judgment. I'm asking you, what are you doing for God? Are we in our word? Are we teaching a Bible study? If you don't have a Bible study, I would encourage you to pray, God, would you open the door that I could teach a Bible study? God, would you give me somebody to witness to? Come on, you may say, but, but, but Brother Johnson, I'm shy. I, I don't do that. Ask God to send somebody to you. When I first came to God, I, I had trouble with this. So I began to pray, God, I don't know how to get a conversation going, but, but if you would help me, Lord God, and, and the conversation would get going, I promise you I could take off. And you know what? God began to honor that prayer. See, I had a desire to work for God. I wanted to win souls. I wanted to teach Bible study. And so I began to pray, God, help me. You see my heart. And God began to help me. I'm here to tell you the Lord's on my side. The Lord's on your side. We have to understand He's here to help us. He's not against us this morning. He's here to help us. And so we go through things. And, and, and I know this is uncharted water for all of us. Us as preachers are not used to preaching into a, a, a monitor, a, a, a cell phone. This is not our normal Sunday morning. Your normal Sunday morning ain't sitting home watching us either. It, we're in a different day, but God is doing exponential things. God's doing supernatural things. And people are being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And people are coming to God. And God's trying to show us, I'm going to move in the realm of the supernatural. But you've got to come with me. And so I want, I want to come with him. See, because I can find myself in this place where Peter was at. And, and so uh, Peter is here in, in this place, and, and, and he's out in the boat, and he's fishing, and the Lord is on the shore. Uh, and he's there in verse 9 of, of chapter 21. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid there on in bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Notice what happened. He's there waiting for them. There are places that there's the right kind of fellowship. You, you, I know we're free to do a lot of stuff during this time because of not being able to be in the house of God. But I still want to surround myself with the right kind of fellowship and the right kind of people. I want to be around people that bring the godliness out in me. The people that bring the best out in me. The people who inspire me and encourage me to serve God. Not people who make fun of me because I go to church. Not people who, who say, I don't want to hear all of that. I want to be around the right kind of campfire that brings the best out in me. And that campfire is going to allow me to make the changes that need to be made in my life. Because the conviction of God is going to begin to deal with my heart. And he's going to begin to help me to realize, uh, hey, restoration is here. You know, Peter jumped into the water and, and he was immodest and he had to get some clothes around him. And, 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 and he's in this place where he shouldn't be with God. But God, God was merciful and he reached to him and he brought restoration. There may be somebody out there this morning, huh? you are not where you need to be and you're not behaving like you need to behave. But I'm here to tell you, God can bring restoration this morning to your life and to my life. And all we got to do is repent. All we got to do is come back to a place of surrendering and saying, God, I've been around the wrong campfire, but I want to get around the right campfire today. God, I want to get out of this, this, this wrong kind of thinking and wrong kind kind of people they bring the worst out in me but God I notice when I'm getting around your people they bring the best out in me maybe you're here this morning and you're listening and you need to change campfires 
If I'm around people that want to do drugs, they're going to want me to do drugs. If I'm hanging around people that just want to drink beer and, and, and tell stories and cuss and, and, and rob houses and do all that, folks, they're not going to bring the best out in me. You gotta, where are you warming your hands today? Well, where, where are you getting your fellowship at today? I'm here to tell you there's two fires. There's one that will bring the worst out in me, and there's one that will bring purification into my life. There's one that the blood of Jesus can be applied to my heart and life, and a cleansing can come in into my soul, into my spirit. And I can get around the right kind of fellowship. And I can get around people that, that will help me to, be, to see the best come out in me. But it's up to me this morning. And so we begin to realize that God is trying to, to help us. Could we go to Galatia, or, or James chapter 4 and verse 8? I, I want you to see something here. Maybe you're here this morning and... and we're not where we need to be, and we're maybe not doing what we need to do. But God, I thank God that He's merciful. The Bible said, draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto you. I know it's a little awkward for all of us this morning. You're in a front room somewhere, and you're listening to this. But what if God is convicting you right now? What if God's dealing with your heart about maybe some lackadaisicalness, maybe some attitude that's taking me down a wrong direction? Maybe I've been listening to the wrong kind of crowd. But the Bible said, draw nigh unto God, and He would draw nigh unto you. Do you realize this morning that we we can say, God, I'm sorry for how I behave. I'm sorry for what I've allowed to come into my heart, into my spirit. But Lord, I'm, I'm going to repent right now. Repent is a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of direction. God, I'm sorry. I want to get back in right fellowship with you. I'm going to get around the right campfire. I want around that campfire where the fellowship is wholesome. I want that campfire that brings Christ-likeness out of me. Where I, I can learn, where, where I can grow, where I can change. So many of us, before we came to God, hated our lives. Hated how we behaved. Hated how we treated people. Hated what we had to go through. But thank God when you realize if I'll surrender my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He offers a new birth experience to each and every one of us. You may be listening this morning and you've never been born again of the water and of the spirit. I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ died for our sins on Calvary. They took him down off of a cross and they buried him in a tomb. When we go into the waters of baptism. And the Bible said we are buried with him in baptism. And I'm going to bury everything I've repented of. Bury everything that I've talked to God about. God, I'm sorry for how I behave. I'm sorry how I treated people. How I treated my spouse, my children. And, and maybe what the things I've done in my life. See, repentance is a, is a cleansing. It's a change of mind. It's a change of heart. Confession. And I'm talking to God about these things. And forgiveness comes. And the blood of Jesus is applied. Forgiveness of sins. When I go down into the waters of baptism, it's applied. We come up out of that water in newness of life. Anybody here want new life? Newness of life. And God will fill me with his spirit. Then it's not up to me to do it by myself. 
that I've got to white knuckle it. I've got to change this behavior. I've got to stop talking like I've been talking. I've got to stop hanging around the people I've been hanging around. I've got to stop going the places I've been going that I know that don't please God and it tears my family up. But see, I, I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So it's not just me trying to white knuckle it. It's Christ in me, my hope of glory. And God's Spirit is leading me and giving me the strength to say, no, I don't want to go there anymore. No, I'm not going to go without with you anymore. No, I'm going to stay here and take care of my family. No, I'm going to get a deeper relationship with God. That's what I desire. I don't I don't want that anymore. See, God is merciful and he reaches to you and I, but I have to accept that today. You know, Revelation 3.20 said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Is God knocking on your door today? The door of your heart? Are you in a place that, that you don't know God, but you need to know God? Do you realize that right now you can, we can pray and say, God, would you forgive me of these sins I've committed, these things that I have done? And Lord, would you come into my heart and life? In that act of repentance, asking him to come in and begin a work in your life. Do you realize that God's got a plan for your life? I hope you understand, everybody listening today, you are important to God and you count. You have to know that. You have to believe that. No matter where your life is at or how messed up it may be today, you count in the kingdom. Your life is important to God. He created you in your mother's womb. His desires for you are that your life would be blessed, that your life would be whole. And maybe I've, I, I, I wasn't raised in that, in that way. I was not raised in church. I was 24 years old before I came to God. I was raised with guns and violence and theft and all the craziness that the world had. But I thank God at the age of 24, a preacher came to my house and he knocked on my door and he offered me salvation. He offered me to, to help me to understand that all the sin I had been caught up in, God could wash away in the waters of baptism. When I would ask for forgiveness of sin, the blood of Jesus Christ would begin to cleanse. And then God would fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak in another tongue. And when that happened, God would empower me. Now I would have power, not my power to overcome sin, but God's help and God's strength that would say, please don't do that. Don't go that direction. That person is not healthy for you. In God's voice, you'll begin to hear the voice of God lead you and guide you in the direction you need to take. And then God will put you with a great pastor and that pastor will give you uh, help and teaching and ministry to help you grow and grace and in knowledge are you willing are you willing this morning to allow the spirit of God to work and move if you're listening today and you've been struggling you're looking for answers and and you know that what we're dealing with in, is, is the world today and the coronavirus. And maybe you've lost your job, your home. Maybe your family's been torn apart through this devastation. Maybe you've had the virus. Maybe you've lost loved ones through this. I'm here to tell you that the Lord is here to help us today. The Bible said he's an ever-present help in time of need. I'm here to tell you this is where you need to turn. We need to turn to Jesus Christ this morning. And we need to allow his spirit to begin to work and to move in our life. He can change your situation. 
no matter how bleak it is, no matter how devastated you may be and where you're at, I'm here to tell you there's an answer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we would allow him, he would begin to work in our lives today. So if you're listening to this message and you say, I, I want peace, I'm looking for some joy in my life, I'm here to tell you Jesus Christ is going to give it to you if you want it. But you have to ask him. You have to ask him. There has to come an acknowledging, Lord, I, I am sorry for how I've lived my life. I'm sorry for what I'm doing, and I recognize I don't want to continue down this road, but I'm asking you right now, Lord Jesus, uh, I, I want you to come into my heart and life. He comes in through repentance. If I will repent, God, forgive me. I'm sorry for how I've behaved. I'm sorry for how I'm living my life. Then we allow the Spirit of God to bring that conviction into my life. He's here to bring change. He's here to bring change. Maybe you're here and you say, man, I just wish things could change. I'm here today, today to tell you in the new birth experience, change comes. I had to experience it for myself. I was kind of a doubting Thomas, to tell you the truth. I remember the day my pastor led me through repentance and I repented of my sins. But deep in my heart, I said, boy, I hope this works. I, you know, I don't know about this. I had no church experience to the age of 24. No church experience. And so I, I went to church. And then I, a few months later, because uh, I was raised in a home mission church or came into a home mission church, and it was the beginning of one, and, and my pastor continued to teach on baptism, and so I realized I needed this in my life. And I'm here to tell you, when I went down in the waters of baptism, again, I said, I sure hope this works. I don't know why I had all the doubt that I had, but I did. But I'll never forget the day, and I could actually take you back to the place in a little mini mall where we held church. And I could still walk in there and move everything out of the way. I don't even know what's in there today. I could show you where God filled me with the Holy Ghost. See, when God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, all my doubt went away. I knew God was real then. Because he had filled me with his spirit. Something I couldn't do. I could repent. I could ask for forgiveness. And I could ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart and life and change my life and, and start afresh. I could go down in the waters of baptism and I could have my sins all washed away. I could come up in newness of life and a fresh start. But I couldn't fill myself with the Holy Ghost. Only God could give me the Holy Ghost when I surrendered my heart and worship and praise to him. And when that happened for me, I've never doubted and I've never looked back. Forty years later, I'm still serving him because I know this works and this is what I need. So maybe here today, and you may be in your front room, wherever you're at right now. Could we take a few minutes right now and simply begin to pray? I know it's not like being in a church service when you're in your front room. But the God that is in this room right now is in your front room because he's everywhere. And, and, and you may be going through something right now and the convicting power of God is coming upon your life. You may be even in your front room. You may be weeping right now and you don't know why you're weeping. I'm here to tell somebody today, it's just the presence of God. It is his love that is reaching for you right now. And he's asking you, would you turn it all over to me? Would there come a place of surrender?
surrender in your heart and in your life right now in the name of Jesus. Could we just begin to pray right now for those that are out there uh, just asking God just to work and to move in all these different families that are here and when there would come that surrender. Lord, we come to you today right now. Lord, you see who's watching, who's out there, Lord God. You see where everybody's at. You know what they're going through. You know the devastation that is there in their lives, Lord God. And we know that, Father, you are the answer. There is no answer outside you to bring peace that passeth all understanding. There's no other direction I can go but to the things of God. And so I'm asking you right now to move in every front room. Everybody that's watching in every situation that, Lord God, you know the heart, you know the condition you know where they're at you know what they're going through lord god you're the one that lord moved on them to tune in today god and i'm asking you in the name of jesus that you would continue to draw them by your spirit god giving them hope lord god letting them know you don't have to continue living how you're living but there is a god of hope that if i would repent of my sins uh, that he would forgive me today and cleanse me in the blood of jesus christ lord i'm asking to move on heart and bring hope to them today in the name of Jesus and that all of that sin that I've committed in my path can be washed away in the waters of baptism Lord God and I don't have to live in guilt and shame anymore but I can walk in newness of life with you today God I'm asking for your leading and your guiding in this and God I pray there may be somebody out there that is worshiping you I pray God you would fill them with a baptism of the Holy Ghost right now God that as they've opened their heart and their spirit to you right now in worship and in praise that God with new hope Lord God they would lift their hearts their hands and their voices and begin to worship you and that Father you would fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues God we're believing for great things today God we live in the greatest hour in the history of our world right now in this day, in this hour, to worship you and to serve you, Lord God. I pray, God, we're believing for miracles and signs and wonders this morning in the homes of people right now, God. I'm believing for miracles right now, God, for somebody out there that, Lord God, uh, is struggling that, God, uh, they would find peace with God, that, Lord, things would begin to change in the name of Jesus. Help us today, Lord God. We're, you, we need you, and you're an ever-present help in time of need. So I pray God be with each and every one of us today God. Touching and strengthening and ministering as only you can God. I pray for those that are out there today God that have tuned in for the first time that God your spirit will work mightily and powerfully in their lives God and that Lord that we would desire that they would tune back in again God that they would listen again Lord God allowing the spirit and presence of God to work and to move as only you can Lord we need this God because Lord we want to fulfill your plan and purpose in the earth Lord and we thank you for all that you're doing thank you so good to have all of you with us and we pray that the Lord